0: Dan Brandon as you know i am one of the foremost minds when it comes to one moral of the philosophy finest moral philosophers yes. of our age i am to moral philosophy what a heap of dung is
1: to a field you have to spread it around and help little things to grow yes
0: yes so i have a brandon's trolley problem for you that is the least trolley problem ask of the trolley problems okay. i've presented so far okay you are going to be struck down with some terrible pandemic-level disease. Okay. And purely hypothetically... Purely hypothetically. You... This is not something that happened to me last not week. Not something that happened. Are heading toward Hawaii. Okay. That Do would be you? the worst place. That would place. be the worst. Would it? This is the oh. question. Okay. Would you rather have a wonderful environment... Let's say that being sick with this disease is like a 1 out of 10. Okay. And your normal life is like a 6 out of 10. But being in Hawaii raises you by five points. To an 11 out of 10. So would you rather be... Now, let's say that, you you know, like, I would argue that for me, my enjoyment of Hawaii kind of, you know, of anything caps at like a 10, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would be at a 10 out of 10 in Hawaii. It's one of my favorite places. Sick raises me from a one to like a five or six, right? Okay. In Hawaii. Would you rather be sick in a place that makes you feel better to counteract the sickness, or would you rather be as miserable as you can for a short period of time, and then allowed to enjoy the wonder that is Hawaii unfettered? Okay. Mm -hmm. So,
1: is this asking not where would you rather be quarantined, but like, do you want to have all of your illness packed into two days? No, 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 it's more, it's more the would, where would you rather be quarantined? Where would you rather be yeah. quarantined?
0: Would you rather be quarantined in a beautiful place? Okay. Or will being in that beautiful place just make you think of all the things you're missing out on?
1: So. This happened to you, this is why. from experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife and I flew mm-hmm. down to Oahu last week, two weeks ago almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was there... The very first day, so we got there on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. Monday I started to feel really bad, and then Tuesday morning tested positive for COVID. Not sure where that came from or how long the incubation Mm -hmm. period is. Did I get it on the plane? Did I get it earlier and I had it on the plane? I don't know. But yeah, I spent five days of most of my trip to Hawaii completely quarantined. In fact, we had to extend and get different flights so that we could quarantine and be safely five days out which is what the cdc suggests Mm -hmm. before we flew home so on the one hand Mm -hmm. it was a great place to be sick Mm -hmm. because we could open the window and have this incredible wonderful fresh sea air Mm -hmm. i could doordash really fresh poke bowls and ramen and stuff that i could not get the same level of quality here in Utah. Wow.
0: You're one of the first people who has spoken of the food in a positive light in Hawaii that I know.
1: There's a lot of problems with Hawaii. If you order the right things, it's fantastic. But I travel in order to eat. Like that's the point of going somewhere for me. Mm -hmm. So I knew the right places to go. Right. Yeah. And talked to the right people and made sure Mm -hmm. that I was hitting all the good places. Yeah. On the other hand... The person that was going to be taking care of my kids while I was gone got sick and had to back out. The second person got sick and had to back out. The third person said, oh, no, there's too much sickness. And it's my mother-in-law. She's immunocompromised. She's just getting over Mm -hmm. cancer treatments. So she had to stay away. And so my children were essentially just feral for three or four days and that made the whole thing worse. That wasn't part of your... Not part of my trolley
0: your problem. Your trolley but problem. You're adding some real world... You yeah. Know, it kind of, in some ways, ruins a trolley problem to add a real world experience <laughs> to it. But we can't separate, yeah. you know. We're observing the quanta mm-hmm. and they are yes. being influenced by us.
1: And so... What I can say in hindsight is mm-hmm. that A, it was the worst vacation I've been on. Okay. But B... I'm really glad it happened because I love telling stories. Ooh. And so being able to say, yes, I got to go to Hawaii for a week with my wife and spent the entire time quarantined in a hotel room, that's just a good story. I'll drink for free on that one for quite a while. So, transition. Lord of the Rings.
0: We need like a smoke bomb we can throw down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in, uh, (laughs) was it Batman
1: that did that? Yeah. So uh, Lord, of the Rings. We're, Lord of the Rings, we're
0: back on Lord of the Rings. Let's talk
1: about Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about mm-hmm. what I have mentioned two previous episodes as being one of my favorite parts and we have never mm-hmm. dug deep into it. Okay. Theo's character arc. Okay, yeah. Theo as a character is, Hangled by the end of the well. season, the most interesting part of the show for me. Everybody else felt like, and we've joked about how, uh-huh. you know, we're following not Frodo and not Sam as they uh-huh. deal with not Gandalf. Yep. Over here on the other side, we have not Legolas, who is helping fight, you know, all uh-huh. of the other things. Yep. Theo doesn't fit into any of those boxes. He doesn't. He is the one who is most himself. He we, is a unique and new character. We thought he was going to be not Gollum. Yeah. Right? The, well, and that's oh, the thing. We thought yep. for a while he's going to be maybe mm-hmm. not Gollum, or yeah. maybe he's going to turn into a ring wraith. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to turn into the king under the mountain, whatever yeah. the the ghost king is called. Mm-hmm. And he just kept going back and forth, which is really interesting. And he was defying stereotype mm-hmm. in a show that is basically founded on stereotype,
0: and they used him really well to also establish the old man who eventually betrays them Mm -hmm. and things like that and when the old man betrays them there is that moment and Theo makes
1: a choice right like he makes a legitimate choice and he stays get on you Theo we see him in the beginning Mm -hmm. hates the elves Mm -hmm. you know mad at his mom because she's got the hots for one Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, you know, is he going to be, like, part of this anti-elf rebellion? And mm-hmm. then, no, his story goes somewhere else, and he finds this evil sword. And now hes we know he's going to turn into an evil, corrupt guy. No, his story goes somewhere else, and he gives the sword away voluntarily. Yep. Every step of the process, he did something interesting and unexpected, which I loved. This is why I want him to be the king of the ghosts. Mm-hmm.
0: The reason being, I really want to understand, like... The betrayal that that king made, mm-hmm. I want it to be interesting and complex and made for perhaps a good reason because, you know, we know Isildur isn't the best guy around. He yeah. keeps the ring. Mm-hmm. And so his cursing of them, which I think I'm getting the lore right, I would have Adam look it up if he were here, but Adam has ditched us today. We'll have Octavia <laughs> look it up. Is the the ghost king, does he cursed by Isildur?
1: Can you look that up so that... was he just cursed by the inherent magic of breaking an oath? Yeah, yeah. And was it Isildur he betrayed?
0: Or am I just, you know, putting conflating things in my head? But if it is what I'm thinking that he, you know, because he has to be released by a king of Gondor. So it's like a king related to the Gondor line and Aragorn's Mm -hmm. like of the Numenorians, And so... Yeah, Gondor um,
1: doesn't even exist yet. Uh, So how that all works out... You know, they're compressing time so much that Gondor could show up out of nowhere. And I know that there are things internally
0: at Amazon that said they want to be in continuity as much as possible with the movies. And so part of the Mm. reason why, you know, you're getting greatest hits is they want to be related to the movies. And so that's a more interesting arc for Theo
1: than becoming a ring wraith. I agree. Because it gives him the chance to... Be a good guy and then make a bad decision instead of just jumping wholesale into evil. Or a complex decision, right? Yeah. There might be really good reasons that he breaks that oath. I don't know. It'll still there's
0: a jerk. (laughs) Let's point out, though, that you could have a really complex arc with becoming a ring right, too. You absolutely. Here's a ring. It'll help you protect the people you love. It corrupts you slowly over time. And then you're a shadow of your former self. That could
1: work just fine for Theo as well. It could. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I just really dug Theo. I thought that he was great. Okay. Now, do you want to hear about the dumbest character in the show? Yes. Who is the dumbest character in the show? Ooh, Helleborn. Kellaborn <laughs> is
0: so dumb. Uh, <laughs> well, or uh, let, let me guess. Let me guess what you're gonna what you're gonna say. Okay. Helleborn, uh, the great dwarven smith. No, that's Telebrimbor. That's Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor, uh, the
1: Elven smith. I think he's the dumbest. He's pretty bad. But no, Kelleborn is... Who is Caliborn Galadriel's husband. Husband. Oh, okay. Who, you know, that's what everyone started screaming yeah. about from the very first mm-hmm. episode is during this period of history, Galadriel not only is married, but has a child who's like a thousand years old. Yes.
0: How can he be the dumbest? He's not Because in the
1: show. he shows up in one conversation in like mm-hmm. episode seven, where she says, oh, by the way, everybody, I'm I was- totally married to a guy... And mm-hmm. he's really hot. You don't know him. He's in Canada. <laughs> and then gives the weirdest backstory <sighs> of like, I met him at a party and he oh. was kind of weird and we fell in love. And then I've never seen him ever since. And like, it's oh, it's the weirdest, dumbest character introduction I've ever seen. That is pretty dumb. I
0: think that it was at least a, here, Tolkien fans, we'll throw you a bone. Yeah, he's gonna show back up later on and it'll be interesting and complicated. Did you find that, Octavia?
1: Yeah, so Isildur cursed the king of the dead. Okay? Isildur, okay. Cursed, Isildur the cursed the king him. of the dead. Yeah. Okay, so, if Killeborn does yeah. show up, I want him to show up as like this big, like, redneck guy, mm-hmm. like a hefty, kind of overweight elf mm-hmm. who's a total deadbeat, and he's like, that's why he hasn't been present. <laughs> He's Fat Thor. Okay.
0: <laughs> what I don't want him to turn into, and I had a premonition, I'm like, I don't think they're dumb enough to do that. hmm The Uruk. Mm-hmm. The Uruk would be Kelleborn? They're not dumb enough to do that, right? No. That they've taken him, he's been corrupted for hundreds of years, and we have to redeem him, and it turns out... Now, he could also be the brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> They aren't oh. going to do either of those, are they? Right. I don't
1: think that they are. I give them I, big props because one of the interesting things yes. about Middle-earth to me is that mm-hmm. Morgoth, Melkor, whoever, yes. the original evil Satan guy, yeah. he cannot create, he can only corrupt. Yes. And so he didn't create orcs, he just corrupted elves. And to yep. see Adar there, the Uruk, mm-hmm. who's like mid-corruption, yep. I thought that was fun. I think that is cool too. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that he's not
0: secretly somebody else. If he is, if turns he out turns out to secretly
1: be her oh brother, my gosh, he's I like mean, Baron from Baron and Luthian. He's like, I actually, this isn't even a real hand. I mean, they're leaning so much into the brother. Would the story be better? Like when
0: they, she brings up her husband, it got an eye roll for me also. The main reason being losing your husband seems like it would be as traumatic as losing your brother. Right? Depending on yes, your relationship, yes. I mean, yes. And so to have him mentioned, they took my brother. Dot dot dot. Oh, and my husband as well. That for six episodes, I haven't mentioned that the orcs yeah.
1: killed my husband. I forgot to tell you that Kelleborn is totally still around. Well, no, that she um, thinks he's dead, right? She, she thinks, thinks he's dead, dead, and all of the, I don't but know. He
0: has the same then story as her brother, doesn't it? Isn't it? He rode off to battle. Well, she never saw him they, again.
1: They were trying so hard to turn. Finrod into like a major thing, and it's because they used him as part of the weird Sauron reveal at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's Finrod, the brother. Oh, the brother. Okay, yeah. Okay, Finrod or Finarfin. It's one of the two, and I know that I, mm. I don't know which one. All right, my favorite thing is going to be so <laughs> controversial. Okay,
0: I love Halbrand. Okay, and I love. Him having a potential relationship with Gladriel.
1: Let okay. me explain
0: myself. Okay, all right. So what I love about Halbrand. Okay, we're getting snickers from the peanut gallery already. <laughs> and this is this is so Middle Earth nine hundred two one zero. Right? Yeah. But I like the idea of humanizing Sauron.
1: Yes, yeah. I've,
0: I've said that before. Mm-hmm. I think it is a really interesting thing. And beyond that, I think it is a if they go this route, a good choice to have him not having planned all of this, right? It's too Dr. Evil for him to be like, hmm, I will find an elf on the ocean, she will take me here, I will do this, (laughs) and then they will take me here, and then I'll do this, and then I'll go here and do this. Instead, if it is, Sauron being like, you know, maybe I don't want to rule the world. That was pretty awful, all of those wars. Maybe I just want to make stuff. And I'm now on this island where I can make a new life, Maybe I just won't go back, or maybe I'll just spend 100 years among these mortals here mm-hmm. and I'll just make stuff. And if that's a legit conflict for him, and then she's like, No, you got to be king. He's like, Do you not understand? <laughs> Do not crown me king of the Southlands, bad idea. Yeah. And then he has to think about it and he goes back for the thing and says, All right, I guess destiny's pulling me this way. And then, you know, he's there mm-hmm. and he's like, Well, maybe I'll just be a king. Of men in this realm and then it's like oh you found a new metal and I'm here all of a sudden and I can bind all the elves and the dwarves and the men to me well all right it's like fine fine like I like that much to corrupt Sauron yes doesn't take much but it is a little bit of corruption yeah you know I think that is really cool and you could therefore not have a romance between him and anyone else Mm-hmm. but you can imply a little bit of one with Galadriel. Maybe not a romance. That's probably going too far. They probably took one step too far, but a friendship and things like that. She mm-hmm. is one of the few equals to him that is in the show. Yeah, the possible, In fact, she's the only possible equal to him that's been presented in the show so far. And so it is an interesting dynamic. They play it really well. I will say, though, the dumbest character is not... Missing husband. It is Kellibrimborn. Kellibrimborn. Kellibrimborn, the brilliant elvin smith who has created marvels and everything is mm-hmm. there, and then is like, "Well, we can't do anything with this." And Joe, nobody says, "Have you tried an alloy?" Yes.
1: <laughs> I. Oh, uh, the instant he walks into mm-hmm. the workshop. Mm-hmm. Before he even says anything, yes. I turn to my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's Sauron. She's like, how can you tell? Because it is so painfully obvious at this point. You were resisting it? Oh, I was trying so hard yeah. to- like, I was there I on I wanted episode him to three. be something else. And then he's a good Sauron. He was a good Sauron mm-hmm. until the final episode when they lost- All capacity for subtlety. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about how stupid this is. They kept it going. Yes. Like into season two. Yes. And like slow rolled it a bit, Mm -hmm. and he just like wants to apprentice with Mm Celebrimbor and just turns out to be really good at his job. And then several episodes later, he keeps you know he makes a breakthrough, and he's like, "Hey, if we put these special runes on, it does the thing." Or he even frames it as an accident. He's like, "I'm just." An idiot human, yes. but I accidentally put peanut butter in the chocolate, and mm-hmm. now look what we have. It could have been really good, right? Oh, it could have been great. And instead, they're just like, oh, we got to flip the evil switch on this guy. It's not even that. I'm okay with flipping the evil switch on him. He's
0: Sauron, right? Yeah. It doesn't take a lot to corrupt him. I am have a big problem with kelebrimborn needing to be told, maybe you should alloy it. Yeah. Being needed to hold. Maybe we should just mix the metals without pounding on them. Like, you try that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Having having him come out as Sauron before they forged the rings. Yes. And
1: having them still forge the rings is just. (laughs) See, I think, I think. And I'm not sure because mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. I think what they were trying to say is that the one ring had already been forged and then he took off with it. Oh, I don't think they were doing that at all. I think You think did. so? Okay. Yeah. And I I hope you're right mm. because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't it, think of any ring... other reason for him to out himself yeah. without... The One Ring has yeah. to be forged in Morador, right? Like that's the whole thing. It
0: was forged at Mount true. Doom has and to has be to be returned Doom, there huh.
1: to be destroyed. Oh, well, like, then he has to go and forge it there. He has to go and forge it. See, well,
0: then why did he just I have say? No idea.
1: And oh, this like gets his into, plan was working so well, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he gets up to the greatest smith in history, yes. mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm just a poor I'm just country a lawyer." Yeah. <laughs> But I think I know how to solve this problem. And Mm -hmm. then, like, what did he gain? What did he learn? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. No. She
0: confronts him. Now, this whole thing was stupid because Galadriel has, through the whole thing, been like, this is a useful pawn. He might be the king. He might not be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use him as the king because we need to unite around people. Mm -hmm. And then she goes and she finds some scroll that's like, He might be the king. All right, I'm going to use that. Then later on, she finds out he's not the king. Big whoop, right? Like, number one, why is she researching it all of a sudden? What made her suspicious? Nothing. He's acting less suspicious than he ever has. It's like she has the script, and so she's read the script, and she's like, oh, I need to be suspicious (laughs) now. And then she finds out he's not king, and then his response just needs to be, yeah, I'm just a guy. I told you I wasn't the king. I told you I'm not a king. I'm trying to live up to it. Right? You say that.
1: Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? Yeah, you are trying to live up to it. I appreciate that. Well, We're good buddies. I wish that, like, I want to be able to actually see the records she found. Because yeah. she found something that convinced her. Yes. It just says there's no more king. Like, well, none and of these king's had what any she found children? found eventually was there hasn't been a king for hundreds of years. Yes. So what did she find first that convinced her he was the king? Yeah. That could possibly go against the weight of hundreds. Hundreds of years of kinglessness. Hundreds of years of kinglessness that she would have been alive for, right? Yeah. I guess hundreds of years doesn't mean a lot to her. Doesn't mean a
0: lot to her, but but at the same time— That's
1: how many generations of human? Yeah. Well, and beyond that, like,
0: she would know, wouldn't she, that, like, you know, that there's no leader in the— Anyway, I don't know. I, I thought that whole sequence was so dumb. Like, the thing. if they would have been like, if you have to forge some of the rings, you have them forge the rings, and then you cut to Halbrand, and he sketched out the one ring on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and that's your ending. He doesn't have to reveal himself. He doesn't have to run. He doesn't yeah. have to do anything. You're just like, you know, you do the whole Gandalf thing where they're like, you know, you aren't in there. And then he says something like, what was that other name they mentioned that means something? Sauron. And then you cut. Straight to Halbrand, and it's at the end where they've got their things, and he has sketched out the One Ring, and he looks up at the camera, and there's like red fire light reflecting in his eyes, and you're like, "Oh, he's out!" Oh my goodness! He's, but he's still among but them. But nobody it's, knows yet. Yeah. And that's cool for season two. He nobody mm-hmm. knows yet. He's among them. He's the liar and the the deceiver, and he gets to play all those games, and they get to have more relationship time with him and all these people, which is the most
1: interesting part about the show. Hmm. Well, and that is an important point to bring up, because Uh so much of the drama of season one hinges around Uh people not knowing the other person's motives, right? Uh Every single plot line, that's the driving force. Can I trust you or not? Uh And at the end of season one, everyone's pretty much staked out their moral territory, right? Like, Uh they're going to have to either introduce new characters that we can be uncertain of, or they're going to have to completely change the tone of the show because Mm -hmm. we now know exactly who the bad guys are and who the good guys are with no ambiguity left. Yep. We do have some Theo and stuff. But yeah, how awesome would it
0: have been if Sauron spends season two gathering armies to him, including Gladriel and the elves, to march and conquer Mordor from the orc guy, to put himself in charge so he can finally forge his one ring because he needs to get to Mount Doom to do it. He tries it at places, like, no fire's hot enough. Oh, wait. Awesome. Like, it seems really obvious, some of these narrative choices. <laughs> and like, this one reeks of, having done a little bit of stuff in Hollywood, this one reeks of the screenwriters having this awesome subtle screenplay and someone up above saying, well, no, he has to do Sauron stuff. Uh, make yeah. him do Sauron stuff. Uh, Where do we have him do Sauron stuff? Oh, where he's talking to Galadriel. Have him say, yep, I'm Iron Man.
1: (laughs) It worked for the Marvels. Well, and yes, you can see some executive in a meeting Mm -hmm. being like, okay, I've read all these scripts. Mm -hmm. Our show's called Rings of Power. There's no rings. Yes. And they're like, no, we're building towards that. Like, it's Mm -hmm. all about subtlety and it's all about, no, you got to have rings in your Rings Rings of Power power series. Come on, guys.
0: I think they were pushing toward that one. I think that that was an early mandate. This one feels like meddling. The same thing with yeah. the, the Harfoots don't have enough drama. Add some drama. Well, what kind of drama? Have them, have them threaten to leave them behind. This was your idea, I think, that you thought this is what happened, right? And then they're like, sir, our whole thing for the Harfoots is that they're big hearted. They sing a song about no one walking alone. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, make them leave them behind. Yeah. Um, uh, while singing the song, yeah, that,
1: that'll that'll be nice. Ha, put uh, put in a
0: scene where they talk about all tension, all the people that they've murdered or manslaughtered, uh, <laughs> so that we know they've done it a ton in the past, and that'll make it okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, and you know, given what I assume was an executive mandate to mm-hmm. include Rings of Power yes. in season one of Rings of Power, mm-hmm. how many fake outs were there in that final episode? Where they're like, I'm building a crown. No, something smaller, but still round. But I'm not going to say it out loud. so dumb. (laughs) So many times. That one was dumb. Uh, (laughs) You know,
0: and running for dumbest character is also the King of the Elves. Gil-galad. At every decision point makes the dumbest choice he could make. You know, Elrond, go to the dwarves and we're dying. And the dwarves are good, upright people. Maybe they'll help us. No, no, we're not going to tell Elrond that. We'll let him lie. And then we found a way to save us. Nope, we got to go. Wait, you realize that if we had worked with the dwarves like you wanted, Mm -hmm. we would have to spend months and months and months mining Mithril, right? Like that was part of the plan. Now you need to leave
1: now when we have a solution that will probably only take a few weeks. Nope, got to go. Nope, this is dumb, and we're leaving. Yep, and I am the magical drama manufacturer machine. Yep, but let's talk about the dwarves because we haven't okay. talked about the Okay, okay,
0: because I said last episode my two favorite things were tied. One is Halbrand as Sauron. Yes. The second is Elrond and Durin. You can do no wrong. You know, you know <laughs> that meme where we're like, "I'm mad at all of you, not you." Yeah. And all of you, Elrond and Durin. You have a complicated, messed up relationship with all the people around you in the right way. And I love you. I love you. I love the dwarf woman. I Deesa. love Disa. Disa's so good. Everything that happens. I love that she's got this ambition going that is they're resisting the she gets yeah. a little Lady Macbethy yeah. right uh-huh. at the end. Yeah. Which was kind of fun. Like all of this has some nuance. It has interesting characters. I still like them despite their mm-hmm. flaws and you know it's real yeah. cool so even Duran's father
1: yes who mm-hmm. is kind of a jerk he was a good character yeah
0: he's not a drama manufacturer he has a perspective mm-hmm. that is reasonable that i understand he's worried about mining this magical metal yeah. you can read the subtext that he says this could destroy us we should cover it up because i see the glint in my son's eyes when he talks about mining this stuff mm-hmm. we don't
1: there and it, you yeah. know like it's all there's yeah. a moment in one of the early episodes mm-hmm. where durin thinks his dad is gonna chew him out yes and then durin's like no you're my son you're mm-hmm. gonna be the next king yeah you need to be making these kinds of decisions i'm mm-hmm. proud of you and it felt mm-hmm. in character and then there's a moment later on where Duran's like I'm the king. I need to be making these kind of decisions. And his dad says, no, this is the bad one. You've done something wrong. And it felt in character. It did. Yep. He was consistent, even though he sometimes was opposed to Durin and sometimes Mm. supporting him. Yep. That whole plot line was great. No complaints. I was kind of annoyed at the cheeky elves are always superheroes thing at the end where he's like, you failed that hammer contest on purpose. And Elrond's like, I'm a little rascal. See, I think I'm choosing my headcanon <laughs> is
0: he didn't fail it on purpose, but he has to maintain He's this just... air of how cool elves are. And it's like, it's so like- there. he in totally their... lied to him. Yeah, and he totally lied to him. And during getting the
1: table, <laughs> it was so great. Oh yeah. That uh-huh. whole thing and him making it up, the moment where the fallen leaf mm-hmm. regenerates- Yes was wonderful yep so many things about mm-hmm. all the dwarf stuff yep. worked so well for me yep i do continue to complain that they're trying to be the origin story of everything we mm-hmm. don't need mithril and balrogs and all of this stuff all at the same time but given that that's what they decided to do they did it really well yes they did i don't know
0: waking the balrog at the end was a little dumb
1: It was. Because it was only
0: there for trailer stuff. Having the actual leaf float down and fall next to the Balrog. I mean, it was a super huge stretch. And then the reason that I don't like it is because we're like, oh, the Balrog's awake. Oh, no, it's going to be two years. The Balrog has to not be awake. We're Mm going to come back and it's going to take many episodes. I'll be proven wrong if the Balrog attacks in episode one, which would be pretty awesome. But I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to have to remind people the Balrog's there because they'll know it's been two years. They'll have to have a little bit of a slow burn, and they'll have to use it as a major climax in the middle of the series mm-hmm. of Season 2. And, well, so... and it just
1: feels like a waste, mm-hmm. right? Like, first of all, again, Rings of Power, you don't have to do absolutely everything in Season 1. Yes. How much more interesting would it be for Durin to finally win the argument— Convince all the dwarves, we're gonna mine. And they're like, that's way too deep. And he's like, we can totally pull this off. And then as a society, which is what's always implied by Moria, they dig too deep, they get too greedy, and it's not just one guy and his buddy cracking open a giant pit. Yeah. It's the whole society moving down and going too far. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, now they can't do any of that because the Belrog's already awake and Accessible, yes. So,
0: yeah, yep. This is sounds like studio mandate to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. We have to have a Balrog, right? It's like, what are we going to do with Lord of the Rings without a Balrog? So we got to
1: put him in. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Bunch All right. Of frivolous nonsense. So, okay. Were there any other let's, predictions? Well, let's talk about Galadriel. Okay. Because she- We haven't talked about Numenor either. No, and we haven't talked about that. Galadriel got the preponderance of critique, I think, from most people who watch the show. Yes, She is very driven. She is single-minded to a fault. Yep. I actually liked that about her.
0: I like it better end of the series than I did at the beginning. Yes. Because it feels very deliberate now. Mm-hmm. Now I know they're going, Gladriel's going too far. The text knows it, so I can relax mm-hmm. about if the text is trying to say, no, this is the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, because in the early bit, mm-hmm. you really didn't have that lantern on it. Yes. And so you weren't sure if, mm-hmm. you know, does the show actually think she's making good decisions for good reasons, or... Do they see the same thing I see? And you're right. By the end, we can see, Mm -hmm. yes, she is right about some stuff. She's also an absolute zealot Mm -hmm. who is going to do some dumb stuff. And I liked that. I thought that that worked well.
0: She, I won't say redemption arc, but, you know, she has a redemption arc for me as a person. I like flawed characters. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is... Flawed characters that the text doesn't understand are flawed. (laughs) And by the end, I understand that she's supposed to be. And I liked her much more in the last episodes. I'll just say that.
1: I agree. You know, giving her the chance to talk to the Uruk. Yep. Giving her a chance to talk to Theo. Yep. I don't think it's a mistake that those are the two best characters in the show. Yes. And that those are the ones that bring her into focus when she has a chance to talk to them. So yeah, good job on Galadriel in the last episodes. I'm on board. Hooray! Um,
0: I understand her character. There is nuance to it. And I think she can be our through line through all of this. You know, normally you want that to be somebody that we like more. Because I don't (laughs)
1: like her. But I like her as a character. Yes. Right? Which is an important Very important distinction. So. Okay, so let's talk about Numenor then. Yep. And here's my first question. Mm -hmm. When... You know, the queen and everybody, Ellen Deal. they return to Numenor. They kind of go through the little gate and they come Uh into that harbor and they're looking at it in either shock or awe because Uh something is going down. And I have no idea what it was. What were we supposed to get from
0: that? There's one line earlier that they said we'll have to hang the black flags because when the father dies. So, black flags oh, being hung from the was? masts means that the father has died oh, and man. she is now queen. I missed that. Yeah. It was one easy line to miss. Mm. And was when they first panned across them, I'm like, wait, what? Oh, right.
1: They threw a, a oh, throwaway okay. line earlier. The throwaway this, line. like, okay, the, the so, steward guy's like, prepare the black flags yeah. or whatever. So. so, what's up with that king? What was the whole business at the end? Oh, he shows. He's been using Isildur's a Palantir. Palantir.
0: Yes. And the Palantir lets him see the future, and now it's driven him crazy or something. Yeah. Well, I don't get Palantirs. Like, I would always thought, and I just could be totally wrong on this, like, what's up with them? Were they always evil things? They were not.
1: And that's right. why that felt like a weird yeah. reveal to me at the end. Because they are not inherently evil. Sauron very overtly corrupted the two that are in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. right? But there's others that exist. There's one in the Grey Havens for example right. that has been kind of damaged. It can mm-hmm. only look to the west. Okay. It can only look out towards, you know, heaven or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It can't be repurposed. It can't point anywhere else. And so it's not evil, but it's mm-hmm. broken. By the time we get to Lord of the Rings, they're all broken. Okay. But at this point in history I feel like this is just another one of those, we need to hit all the greatest hits, so we
0: have to have Palantirs, and since we have to have Palantirs, then we have to have them be ominous. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know what's going on with all of Numenor. Let me talk about, narratively, one of my biggest problems with the show is that Numenor decides three different times to go to fight the evil in Mordor. Yeah. We have the end of episode four, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. where the queen's like, we will sail to Numenor. And everyone like cheers, right? Yeah. We go to episode five and I thought I'd missed something because I'm watching episode five. And I'm like, they're doing the same plot again, right? Now they're questioning. They don't have the boats yet. Like they should have just started sailing in that episode. We don't need another episode about like, you have a limited amount of time it doesn't feel terribly rushed like Wheel of Time did. Mm -hmm. So there is that to them, so they can linger. But you spend this whole episode coming to the same conclusion we did before, and then you still, at the end of the series, have to come to that same conclusion. Now, I'm okay with that one more because we've suffered a great failure. Do we keep to our principles? That's worth having a conversation about. But why do we have two episodes that end with the
1: exact same? I think they were trying to do try-fail cycles. Okay. And I think they were trying to make Galadriel earn her thing because her okay. whole deal is Sauron's still out there. We need to raise a huge army and go mm-hmm. beat him up. And when she shows up in Numenor, mm-hmm. that is, you know, the only drum she beats over yep. and over again. And I think that if at the end of four, we'd already seen them sailing, that it would have looked even more of a. But why then have at the end of four of them say, yes, we're going to do that. Have the queen, like she gave a speech about how we're going to do it, right? I don't know. You're right. Mm -hmm. I think that they should have started sailing in four and then that would have given them an extra episode to do investigation in the Southlands and Mm -hmm. find the village they're supposed to do because that part was weirdly rushed. Yes, that is the most weirdly rushed part. They spent too much time in Numenor making the same decision over and over again And then not enough time actually in Middle-earth. And then they ride to one battle, right? Mm -hmm.
0: What's-his-name loses his son, who's totally dead. Totally super dead. Super dead. Isildur, we know he's never coming back. He's never coming back. And loses his son. And, like, what did he think would happen when you bring your son to war, right? Like, I understand feeling pain and stuff. He didn't want to bring him to war, did he? He did, but he didn't think he was worthy of it. They have a warrior's culture, an honor culture, right? right? Mm -hmm. That's how they're all about. You got kicked out. You can't come to war because you're not worth it. You don't get to be You don't get to have a chance of being killed. Yeah. And I'm okay with the father, let me make it clear, grieving Mm -hmm. over the loss of his son. But if you're going to build a warrior honor culture sort of thing, and then you go to war with your son, and then your son doesn't come back because he was saving the queen's life, you saying this was all a mistake, that elf, I'm back. Like, he has a complete reversal of character, which I understand yeah. you could do this, but it is not presented like you lose a battle. Okay, I understand. But
1: yeah, either your quest was right or it was wrong. Well, see, and the story beat there yes. feels like it should have been, we thought we were going to beat up some orcs. We yeah. didn't expect Mordor to be created, yes. ex nihilo. Mm-hmm. and now we're in like a wasteland. Yes. And that is absolutely a you know what? Let's go back home and regroup and and yes. come up with a better plan. And it might have just been an attempt to insert some personal drama into that tactical decision that made it about the sun instead of about Yes. Earth totally erupted.
0: Could, could see you doing that. Effectively, I don't feel like they did. Yeah. But No, I agree with you. I will say the queen saying, "No, no, no." She she voices my concerns. The people who are going to type comments about it, you can stop typing. I recognize the queen has the same concern. She says to him, basically, look, this was the right thing. Us failing doesn't mean it wasn't right mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. In fact, I'm convinced it's more right now because Mordor has been created and that's a big, yeah. scary, dangerous is... thing. So good on them for having that kind of button put on the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't get the whole Numenor thing, right? It's like, There's so many different ways you could do this plot. They are so overconfident. They're like, oh, yeah, we're the best fighters in the world. Of course we can go take out what? Oh, Mm -hmm. there's some little bands of works, whatever. All right, we're going to send a big campaign and show how awesome we are. You're going to be in our debt, right? Yeah. That could totally have been a thing. If that's the case, why do you spend like three episodes, torturously slow and boring episodes for me, having them come to the decision that they're going to go do this? Why do you have the scenes of Gladriel showing you know, how bad fighters they are? That could totally fit into the archetype that I'm looking at here, but mm-hmm. it doesn't slot into the way that they're doing it. They're all kind of uncertain. Am I going to prove myself or things like that? And then they get defeated. What is this narrative saying? It's not saying anything. It's not. They don't have a character arc as a culture it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't
1: build toward yes. anything. That's what I mean uh, by that. Yeah, I, I I, that. I am really glad mm-hmm. that they didn't sink Numenor into the sea as part of Season 1. They did mm-hmm. at least hold one arrow in their quiver for Season 2. Oh, they also
0: right? held Forging the One Ring. Point that out. Uh, yes.
1: yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. So, like I said, I thought that it already happened because I mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention, apparently. One thing that I am pretty certain of mm-hmm. is they spent two or three conversations, which isn't a ton over the course of eight episodes, but they really hit hard. This is a really special horse. These are specially bred wonder horses. And then it goes missing. And that's where Shadowfax eventually comes from, because Gandalf talks all about the amazing super horses that they have. The
0: lineage of kings of horses. Oh
1: no. Like
0: I didn't the put The origin story of
1: everything is I in didn't season one. I put
0: together. I put together they have, oh, they have cool horses in Middle they Earth. They have cool horses. Right? And, oh, the horse is going back for you so he knows he's not dead. Dad, you're the one that told him that there's a bond between the horse and the man. Maybe the horse knows something you don't. Oh, you're suddenly stupid because you, like yeah. everyone else, didn't actually do anything that a military should do in the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. There's no triage. Like let's build a base and see where the wounded and, and survivors that are. That one hurt let's more. Let's scout the
1: scene. Let's they like, they didn't do any of it. That one hurt more because like I don't believe that Isildur is a great military mind. Yes, I don't believe that the Queen is a great military mind. But I really liked Elendil. I liked him. I wanted him to be good, and then he just was not great. Yeah. in the last couple episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if Elendil was like, no, no. I've been in war. Here's what we need to do. Triage over there. Yes, I know you're queen. I'm in charge now. I'm the lowest of the elves, but we need a perimeter. We need to make sure the arcs don't attack us in the smoke. We need to search every one of these buildings, starting with the ones that are on fire for people who have been left behind. Mm -hmm. We need a tent here to stop the ash so that we can actually set up a base. And, you know, no, none of it. We just are a sorry, sad lot that are wandering away that there's no one attacking us but for some reason we have to get back over we here. Get out of here right yeah. now. We've mm-hmm. already killed
1: every orc yes. in the whole land except for the ones that chased it was, was a so out of annoying
0: the because there's a scene where Galadriel helps Theo cuz he's a main character. Mm-hmm. She recognizes he has like an exclamation point over his head. He's glowing. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, you're a main character." In that same scene, it pans across someone groaning on the floor for help and they just walk past it. Go watch it again. It is dreadful that the main character syndrome going on
1: with this. Okay, but is that something they wrote into it? Or was that like the key and peel sketch with the extra? Yeah. Who just every time the camera panned by was doing everything he could to draw focus. I don't know. They couldn't get a good shot without that guy
0: moaning. Galadriel couldn't look right there and help the person who's... No. She's got to help the little kid. Are you okay? You're a little kid. And you've got a main character badge.
1: You're one of the PCs. Yeah. So, yep. There was a lot of dumb stuff going Mm. on. Oh,
0: my word. I gave it a six out of 10. That might be stretching. I have to honestly, to be perfectly honest, it is better than Wheel of Time. I'm sorry, Wheel of Time. There's yeah. some things I love like about Wheel of I, Time. I,
1: I wouldn't even wince when I said that. I yeah. think it is well, empirically
0: a, and obviously. Better. I'm a producer on Wheel of Time, and I know I all these people. understand that. Uh, but let's point out Wheel of Time got, like, you know, an 8 to $10 million budget, and this has a $60 million budget per episode. But I might have given Wheel of Time a 6 out of 10, and I will have to demote it if I did. Because this is, like, the definition of, like, it's better than average, mostly because of the visuals. Mm-hmm. But with some really good moments, I still want to watch more of it, but it sure wasn't great for me.
1: Yeah. The narrative mistakes that Wheel mm-hmm. of Time made feel much more egregious to me. Yes. I would agree with that. Though, they had a harder job, I think. They
0: did. Smaller budget, and I would say and that- a much larger story. A book they had to adapt rather than we can basically do anything we want. So-
1: Yeah. Absolutely. They had a much steeper hill to climb. Yes. They had a worse hand. They didn't play it as well as I would have liked. Yep. Ultimately, for me, Rings of Power is still a seven or even an eight out of 10 because an I loved it. I ten. loved it. An eight out of 10. Yeah. Well, if your enjoyment it, of it is it an eight was, out of 10, there's, yeah. you don't
0: have to justify that, right?
1: It did dumb stuff mm-hmm. left and right, but. I've kind of been conditioned to expect that in my fantasy television. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm the guy who put Speed Racer as a 10 out of 10, purely out of the fact that I just love it. (laughs) So I have no ground to stand on in challenging, but an 8? Come on.
1: It probably doesn't deserve an 8. I'll give it a 7. Okay. And yeah, I wish that it was better than it is, but...
0: Now, let's point out for both, in the defense of both Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings, season one of Next Generation, one of the greatest shows of all time, is probably like a four.
1: Oh, worse than that. Season one is a three, and season three maybe is a four. I mean, season season two. Season three is when it gets good. So, yeah, I
0: watched every episode of that first season, and I appreciate it
1: for what it was, Mm -hmm. so. But, yep. Yep. With Rings of Power...
0: They also didn't have $60 million per episode. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, you can see every penny of that on the screen. You can. They used their money well Mm -hmm. in terms of character and budget and location and and everything.
0: I'm going to argue that some of their armor and stuff looks real bad. And I feel like when we're comparing against the movie where everything felt so authentic. They could have stretched a little further on some of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember the armor that Galadriel was wearing when they sailed the Grey Havens. Granted, it is ceremonial armor at that point, yeah. but it looked like it was cardboard that was spray-painted.
1: It looked dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so I have a
0: problem with some of that, but the cinematographer on this is great. They know how to yes. frame a shot and set it up, and they knew how to use Morador's creation really well. Just
1: I'm constantly
0: getting good visuals that aren't just special effects, but they're cinematic language that says this is epic,
1: and I like that. And there are occasional flashes of absolute brilliance in the directing, in some of the performances. Oh, performances are all now and then in the writing, Mm -hmm. like that conversation you talked about with Hallbrandt talking to the Uruk, yes, and asking, "Do you recognize me?" Like legit genius moment, hit out of the park. It was Mm -hmm. so good, and so I have to give it credit. Plus, in the back of my head, Rings of Power is still just the role-playing game fan fiction. And I guess because I'm thinking of it in those terms, I'm willing to accept a lot of foolishness. All I will say is this.
0: Give me $60 million per episode, and <laughs> I will at least deliver a show that does not make major narrative blunders. Mm-hmm. And... See, now I'm going to go and make my own show, and I'm going to make all these same mistakes. But, you know, (laughs) I feel like what I know of the industry, this is probably not the fault of the people who are actually making the show. And I understand that if anyone happened to be watching this, I doubt they will be, and they're thinking, yeah, we wanted
1: to do that. Yeah, we wanted to do that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we wanted to do that. Yeah.
0: I feel your
1: pain. We have both worked in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We both know exactly how really good decisions end up looking really dumb on screen.
0: Really good decisions? I'm putting that good in quotes.
1: (laughs) Really good. Yeah. Good intentions. Yeah. But yeah. And we're basically out of time. But let me tell you, if you haven't ever worked in Hollywood... Go watch a movie called The TV Set. Have you seen that? I haven't. David Duchovny, Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. He is a writer who writes a TV show. And then basically the movie is just one compromise after another as the studio system grinds it into absolute pablum garbage. And it is unerringly accurate in what happens to good ideas when vast corporations get hold of
0: them yeah another example of that that i'll end on is uh, an essay called building the bomb by terry rosio i believe which is about the making of one of his favorite books he's one of the screenwriters on pirates of the caribbean Mm. and stuff making a robert heinlein book into a movie and step by step how it went wrong
1: yeah so how's that been